We ready to do this? We on the air? Okay. <clears throat> Let's give it a shot. Cue the epic movie trailer sound effect. <clears throat> In a world where one man gets to sound like this to make all movies sound epic. A voice so magical that we all get tingles when we hear it. The voice that tells us, God damn, this is a man. That man is the one and only epic voice guy. And he is here as my guest on TikToking with me, Kevin Hughes. <coughs> How was that, guys? <coughs> no, I know it didn't sound anything like him, but I tried. No. Okay, well, if... I know that was a terrible impression of this guy. But guess what? I have Epic Voice Guy on the show today. Yes, you know him as the trailer guy, as I terribly imitated in the beginning. But he's also been in so many things like the Mint Mobile commercial with Ryan Reynolds. He also has done Ryan Reynolds' voice in Deadpool, Mr. Nice Guy, and many others, along with Optimus Prime from Transformers, and many more. So, oh man, what a pleasure and what a treat. But without further ado, here's Epic Voice Guy this week on TikToking with me, Kevin Hughes. Enjoy! TikToking, TikToking, where creators come to play. TikToking, TikToking, find out what they have to say. TikToking, a TikToking, fascinating interview. TikToking, a TikToking, TikToking with Kevin Hughes. My guest today is the one and only John Bailey, epic voice guy, voice actor in movies, shows, games, cartoons, anime, and voice of four-time Emmy nominee. Honest Trailers. How are you, sir? I'm pretty good, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. I'm super excited about this. Um, where exactly are you from? Originally from Memphis, Tennessee, and uh, moved out to L.A. five years ago. And you've pretty much been working the entire time in L.A., or did you do work in uh, Tennessee? No, I worked there first. Uh, I started in 2008 professionally. I did two years of R&D before that. Um, so, yeah, I got started out there kind of just part-time, non-union work booked you know one job a month or so and you know maybe three and I thought it was really bad <laughs> and uh through social media uh YouTube at the time and uh my first manager found me online saw what I could do it was like hey I think I'd like to work with you and next thing I know I'm you know booking a lot crazier bigger jobs than I was before and not you know a little crappy non-union you know commercial stuff or whatever but like big movie trailers for big films uh, first one of the first ones I booked was Book of Eli which is really oh wow so one of my fa- one of my favorite movies too so I mean all of us pretty much have have heard you hundreds of times <laughs> well yeah they've heard me here and there wherever it might have been um, I fill in for a lot of actors' voices, so you may have heard me, not even realize you heard me. Yeah. You might have think you, you might have thought you were listening to Ryan Reynolds or someone else, but it's actually me. Um, so yeah, it's called ADR, and I do a lot of that as well as you know just background character stuff like that. So a lot of additional voices in video games, and um, a lot of uh, a lot of cool little tidbits. I worked on Animaniacs, one of my childhood 
favorite things. I'm actually in a Yakko song. How cool! Yeah, that? that's, that's really like cool. Childhood dream come true. Yeah. You know? And movies like Bumblebee movie where I got to voice two of my favorite, my my top two favorite Transformers: Shockwave and Soundwave. Uh, and I had filled in for Optimus Prime for the for the early stuff. And then uh, obviously Peter Cullen was always going to come in and do the do the final voice. And one of my biggest goals was to be in something Transformers related as the voice of Transformers character or characters alongside of Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime, and that like checked off the biggest bucket list item I had right there. So. So what is that your uh, home studio there that you're in? That's it. Wow, right there. It's absolutely amazing. It looks, it sounds great. It's a little big. It's a little too large. It needs to be a four by four. It's an eight by four. So there's a lot of extra space behind me. Okay. But uh, they want to charge you more to make it smaller. So sure. <laughs> and so when you're doing uh, voiceovers for movies, is it all done at your home studio, or do you actually go? It depends. It, it, it's it's pandemic era now, yeah. so it's like a lot of it has been moved here. Where instead of going to a studio where you can see the things on the screen and you can hear it in your cans, whatever. They put it on the screen now with software, and they do Zoom, you know, whatever they can do. Sorry. Oh, you're good. And then long, that was not much sleep last <laughs> night. Um, and then lots of work today. So, uh, but yeah, a lot of it is to switch to home studio stuff. But I still do go in um, to to do stuff every once in a while. Okay. Um, went in to do a callback recently. Went in to record, you know, Animaniacs that way. That was in studio, you know. So there's there's stuff still going on in studios, but it's it's less than it used to be. So. So uh, when. I guess you you do these parts, and and you mentioned earlier that you know we may think it's Ryan Reynolds, but it's actually you. So, so is that like a when when there's like a, a mess up on film, you go in and basically re-record? No, or? It depends. Uh, sometimes it's for the trailer. Hmm. Um, they need something to sound normal where they had to cobble it together, editing. You know, they edited it together. Kind of, they call it Frankensteining it together. And you can hear how badly edited it is. Sometimes they even leave that version into the trailer just so it's the original voice. But you can tell it was heavily edited. And it sounds so choppy and bad. So they have a sound alike come in and do that line. Or they have me come in and do lines that weren't in the film to make the trailer make sense. For example, for The the Giver. Or was it, you know, one of those... One of those types of movies with Jeff Bridges, and I had to do the opening thousands of years ago. This is just, you know, that part wasn't even in the film. They just needed the trailer to make content to make sense. Uh, another part they had to make a connection in the trailer that you don't find out till later on in the film, and they had to push it together. So it was uh, it was for Thor for you know Snow White and the Huntsman, mm. and it was like, why didn't you tell me who you are? <laughs> and they didn't. In the original movie, he's like, why didn't you tell me? Well, why didn't you tell me what? So we need to we need to change that and add it on, you know. Uh, and then sometimes it's for the animatic. For early stages of the film, they'll have me just go through do lines like Red Notice. I did a ton of stuff for Red Notice, and uh, but none of my voice ends up in the final film. At least not, not that I heard it anywhere. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, it's still it still work and it still you know gets the job done. It, it saves them so much money than rather than bringing in the original actors to record again and again and again. Not knowing like what's going to make it and what's not, you know, they just kind of play, you know, they just kind of want to fill the space and see how it sounds. Maybe they want to change a the line, they're going to add something later, and then they'll do one session with Ryan as opposed to you know fifteen with me. Fifteen with him would kind of get pricey, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're, I guess, do you audition for these parts or do they just sometimes? Yeah, um, it's with certain companies, it's just like they know I can do it, so they just hire me directly. But a lot of the stuff, it's yeah, it's all day. I did uh, a couple of today that were sound alike. So. Okay, uh, yeah, I was just curious if uh, if you had tons of uh, uh, impressions that you do that are well. There's a difference between impressions and doing voice magic. Okay, um, with uh, and I'll give you an example of kind of the basic one that I do when I when I coach. Uh, a lot of people think they can do Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice. And the version that they do is, they're over the top version that sounds like coming the Frog in the back of the... Yeah. 
but really, you know, his voice is down here. And he talks very, you know, if you want to be subtle and make sure it sounds exactly like him in the film, you have to act exactly like him and sound ex- It's not funny anymore. It's just him doing his normal voice or he's acting or whatever. And that's a big, big gap. Because if you did this on the TikTok, you know, nobody's going to laugh at this. I mean, maybe they might, but probably not. Because I'm being serious. I'm not making any jokes. I'm not going, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> And it's not over the top and like huge energy or whatever. It's it's just his natural speaking voice. You know, it's right there. And it's like you don't have to understand what we have to what we're doing here. You know, and, and you you do it so subtly when they when they edit it in, nobody even notices. So uh, it's an impression is very easy to spot. Sure. I'll put it that and way. I didn't mean any disrespect by that at all. No, no, no disrespect. I was just trying to explain the difference between the two because a lot of people think that that's the same thing as doing impressions. It really isn't. Okay. Impressions kind of started when comedians were doing. It's it's a caricature of a of a person. It's like when you go to the the Coney Islands type places and they have an, a caricature sketch artist and they do this over the over the top cartoony version of the real person. They have a giant head and they have their features are all accentuated. That's the same thing with an impression. Everybody wants to like, oh, okay, I get it. He's doing Arnold Schwarzenegger. But, you know, they might not notice if over here. I mean, the accent is so much slighter than you think it is. I mean, it's right there, but it's not It's not super strong. Unless he's doing comedy, this isn't funny. Yeah. It's just doing the voice because you're filling in for an actor and you have to become that actor. Now, it's not even one of my best ones, but that's a good example to a lot of people because they're like, oh, I get it because everybody else does like this. And I, <laughs> that's not how he talks. Right. And with Ryan Reynolds, everybody sounds, you know, when they try to do Ryan Reynolds, they're they're doing like this, and it's almost a cartoony, like, squeak, you know, but Ryan's actual voice is actually right here, and it's it's in a more natural tone. It's, hi there, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. And, you know, it's, it's you know, it's a, it's a real voice. It's not a cartoon version of the voice. Where do you learn to really just pick up on their tones so well? Like, what kind of practice? They, they send you references. You know, they send you audio, re- most of the time, they send you an audio reference that helps you kind of figure out um, where you are tonally, where they are, their, their pitch. Um, so, I mean, I think that a lot of that has to do with natural ability. But they send you a reference uh, of an audio from the actor. But sometimes they'll just send, they'll send the actor being interviewed and they're just talking like a normal human. And like, but what do they sound in the film or the show? Or like, and they need to know the character. They're, they're playing a character. They're not playing themselves. So you really have to find out the way they're portraying it and just listen and just do it back and forth and listen to yourself and do it again. Um, when I first come up with a voice or first figure out how to do one, I'll just talk that way for a long time until I just, you know, it just registers and it's locked in. It's just muscle memory. It's just practice more than anything else. And then certain actors you get hired for more or certain actors are more, no offense, but more popular than others or they're getting hired a lot more. They have a lot more projects out. Obviously, I want to keep with the stuff that's trending, so the actors that I'm going to be working on are going to be the ones that are out right now, you know, so I'm not going to work on, you know, I'm not going to work on my Walter Brennan because, yeah, nobody remembers who that is anymore, <laughs> and uh, nobody's hiring a Walter Brennan voice. <laughs> oh, shoot. Sorry. That's all right. I didn't know where my phone was. Guys, <laughs> that scared me a little bit. Because they have, I have some, I have certain people that are that ring through regardless. Oh sure. <laughs> uh, are there any celebrity voices that you can say were hard, a lot harder to to learn? Oh yeah, there's so many. Um, I, I can't say what I worked on sure. yet, but uh, I had one for Brad Pitt, and Brad Pitt is like, and when they emailed me and they asked, and I was like, <laughs> it was kind of that J.K. So I was like. <laughs> You serious? Because yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, no, nobody. Because they're like, do you do a, a Brad Pitt? I'm like, no, nobody does. The closest person I know is Ross Marquand. Go ask him. I actually told that to Ross in person. I, I ran into him at Dragon Con. He's like, that's so funny. I said, and I, it was even funnier is that they hired me without actually hearing me first. And I'm like, oh boy, because like, there's like, well, what do you? If you gave, if you had to rate yourself uh, on a scale of one to ten, where would you say you are? 
And I'm like, um, six and a half, you know, on an impression scale. And I think that's, or six maybe. Yeah. I thought I was like rounding that up a little bit. Um, and so he, he goes back and he comes back. And he's like, Hey, you got the job. I'm like, great. <laughs> and he's like, by the way, I rounded you up to a seven. I knew you're probably selling yourself short. I'm like, no, I wasn't. I was being generous. You have no idea. So, so I get, I'm getting there. This is a good story. So I'm getting there. Uh, so I get on the call. And, and they were like, oh, we loved your Brad Pitt. Because they finally asked me for a sample. I'm like, here it goes. This is where I'm going to lose it. So I just did a little bit from Fight Club. Yeah. You know, I just did a little bit of that Walter Durden, you know, Tyler Durden. And just did a little bit of Brad Pitt as best as I could. And as you can tell, it's not very good Brad Pitt. That's pretty good. And especially not for a voice match. It's a decent impression. Like I said, it's good for an impression. It's not very good for a movie. Just saying. And uh, so when I get on the call with them, they're like, oh, that's great. We'll see. They're like, really? All right, cool. <laughs> And they get on the call, and all of them are German. And they are like, oh, yeah, the grad, bad Brad Pitt is the greatest. We love your Brad Pitt. I'm like, <laughs> I think you might think that we all sound like Brad Pitt. So I think we're good. <laughs> so I just did Brad Pitt's voice, and there you go. Um, but, yeah, I've had a few where I had I booked that I didn't think I could book. Jeff Bridges, I mentioned earlier. I had to work my way. I've, I became friends with Frank Kellyano because of this story, by the way. Um, I was like, okay, it's impossible. Like, Jeff Bridges, it's freaking impossible. So it's like, okay, if I listen... What voice does it sound like that I can already do? And I'm like, okay, all right. Uh, it's like, he sounds like Frank Kellando, uh doing an impression of John Madden, like the late great now, rest in peace, John yeah. Madden. So I, so I started there, you know, not not just Frank, not not just John Madden, but Frank Caliendo's version of John Madden. You know, so boom, you know, there's the guy. So I took the guy and I kind of calmed down that little bit of thing, man. And then there you go. So, because thankfully he was doing this cowboy thing for a long time. And everything he did sounded like he was in the true grit, you know. And then I just kind of toned it down and gave him that West Coast accent. And hey, man, that's just like, you know, your opinion or whatever, man, you know. (laughs) (laughs) And I just, I never thought I was going to get it. I really didn't. Um and they were like, yeah, we got, and I ended up doing that for, I think it was for a, a half dozen movies or so. It's like trailers and different stuff. Uh, and then the other one is Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt's just such a normal voice. It's just a regular guy voice. And like, okay, same thing. Like, that's, well, who does he sound like the, the closest that we can sound like? And I noticed that he kind of sounded like Owen Wilson a little bit. Wow. If you just take that, that West Coast accent of his and you kind of make it a little more Southern. And uh, you kind of add a little bit of... Uh, you know, a little swagger to it. Add a little bit of rasp in it every once in a while. And the echo blue. You have to respect these animals. Pew, pew, shoot them up, bang, bang. Uh, I'm a cowboy. You know, I was like, and they were like, there it is. Uh, and the funniest one to me, because I cannot do his normal speaking voice, but Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> I booked Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood because he was doing this with his, he was doing a, a basically George W. Bush impression the entire movie. <laughs> so I just did a, a really bad George W. Bush and that's right. That's right there where Leo was, and it was like boom, you got the job. Wow, <laughs> you gotta be freaking kidding me! So, do you have a favorite uh, voice match that you like to do? Uh, obviously, my my number one has always been Optimus Prime. That's the voice that made me want to be a voice actor. I, I I wanted to get into this because of Optimus Prime's voice. It wasn't because he was Optimus Prime originally. I first heard it in Voltron. But it was one of those things where I just wasn't super paying attention until that intro came on, and it was just Voltron, Defender of the Universe. I'm like, holy crap, <laughs> that sounded amazing. And then I heard him again in Transformers, instantly hooked. Didn't know who he was back then. You know, we didn't have names for the, the character. We just had uh, actors' names. There was no, and, you know, Peter Cullen, Optimus Prime. Yeah. Uh, we just had to figure it out. We just guessed. You know, um, years later, I figured out who it was. I was like, okay, that's the guy. 
and it's followed only very closely um, by Ryan Reynolds, you know, just because it's he's been so cool and he was such a nice guy to work with and, you know, got a freaking hug. Like, who can? how many people can say right. that? How many people can say Ryan Reynolds gave them a hug? That's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's uh, So, yeah, and I, I get, and, and I don't, it didn't just stop there. Like, I still feel in for his voice and he seems to be cool with it. In fact, I even had one director like, dude, he lets you do all of it. <laughs> it's up to him. He, doesn't, he really doesn't even feel like doing it. And it's like all this work that he has to do. Because he's crazy busy these days. Oh, yeah. He's got like, he's had five or six movies out in two years. Yeah. In the middle of a pandemic, no less. And some of them are huge hits. Like, Free Guy was amazing. I was disappointed I get to work on it more. I only got to fill in for a few trailers for for his voice, and I was like, man, I wanted to be in the I wanted to be the guy that was in the trailer within the movie, which is like Free City Two. I'm like, I, it could have been me. I mean, I'm the epic voice guy, Free City Two. Doesn't that sound better than what was in there? Come on, Ryan, and guy who can't put his arms down. I could have been that guy. I was as big as he was back then. So when you were younger, uh, did you do a lot of the? In a world that no, no, not when I was younger. I didn't. Uh, not until I was about 15. And my brother like brought uh, brought the the Don LaFontaine into my my side. Actually, he introduced me to Pablo Francisco, the stand up comedian, and he was like, "I bet you can do this better than this guy can do it." So I started listening to it and started you know practicing the little tortilla boy sketch that everybody's familiar with, and I realized listening to it that he had actually combined two different voice voice actors together. And he has a whole story about meeting Don. And he's like, "Hi, my name is Don." <laughs> And I realized that what he was doing was he was he was taking Don's voice. Don had a very hard edge in a world. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. He had that real hard, gritty edge. And Hal Douglas, who also had that same back-of-the-throat thing, but he did a lighter thing, The Odd Life of Timothy Green. And he merged them together to form this. <laughs> and that was like Pablo's version. He just kind of mashed the two of them together. So and then when the Geico commercial popped up, I was like, that's the guy. That's Don LaFontaine. That's the inner world guy. So I started, you know, researching these guys and realized there weren't that many people who did it. There was, a, you know, a handful. And I threw up a YouTube video of me doing, you know, different trailers all mashed up together. And it was just, you know, it got a lot of attention. It got a lot of views. And thankfully, YouTube is like the second biggest search engine next to Google. Yeah. And after Don Alfontaine passed away, my first manager started looking up movie trailer voices. And I've showed up in the top few pages. And he's like, I think you got a lot of real ability. I'd like to work with you. And then, boom, you know, I book, uh, I start booking trailers. And I was just doing commercials, a little character stuff. But the first trailer I ever did was for a little tiny game for Disney Interactive called Spectrobe's Origins, which is like Disney's version of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And so, in fact, it's a funny, also a funny story. Um, one, of the first, one of the lines was, lead the battle. It's three words. We must have done 30-something takes. I don't know how many other ways there is to say it. Lead the battle. Lead the battle. Lead the battle. And he, he kept saying, put more emphasis on lead and less on battle. I'm like, you want to put more emphasis on lead and not the action word battle? <laughs> and I and then after hearing the spot when it came out, he used like the second or third take out of the 30-something that he made me do. Oh, wow. <laughs> so typically when you have a normal day job, I guess like if you're, say you're filling in on a movie, um, like uh, let's, let's say Free Guy like you did, how long uh, of a job does it usually take? Is it a full day of work? Is it-, it depends. It depends. Sometimes it just takes minutes because it's only a couple of lines, you know, for a trailer like what I worked on. Uh, other times where I've worked on films where it's, you know, in the animatic stage, you know, there's there's tons of lines. We'll go back and record again. Like for Detective Pikachu, I think I did probably 14, 15 sessions on that thing. And uh, so we just kept going back and recording new stuff or re-recording stuff or changing lines coming up. Uh, Bumblebee had less because Optimus Prime didn't have that many lines. So it was like three little teeny tiny sessions, maybe 10, 15 minutes long, spread across over three months' time. So it was just like one one gig and then a month and a half of silence and then another gig. 
Um, but it, it's just, it just depends on the project. You know, there may not be a lot of stuff for that character. There may not be, and then there may be tons, you know, they may bring you back again and again and again. That's awesome, man. And so what, at what age did you know, like, okay, this is what I want to do for a living. I want to do, you know, I, I want to be the voice on I, movies. I, and- hmm, that's a good question. I think when I was in my, my twenties, um, I don't know why I said you can access my video. Uh, instead of, I think I was in my 20, early 20s when I was like, you know what, I'd like to do this, you know. Um, but I'd started like, kind of like looking it up and, and looking it over, but not thinking of it as, that, as a possible career. It was just, for me, it was just kind of a hobby. It was cool to do voices. I, I was always been an audiophile, and I thought that was, I thought that was cool, you know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, anyway. So in your 20s, and then when, how old were you when you got your first job? Uh, I got my first job in my 30s, I believe it was. Well, no, I guess it's been longer than that now. So, yeah, I was barely in my 20s. I think I was 28. Okay. It was, uh, I, I booked my first gig in in 2008. Actually, I booked a small gig in 2007, but it wasn't like an official gig. It was just like somebody's like, okay, this is a lot. I'm going to pay you for it. But, yeah, that was that was like, yeah, it'll be my, my, my 14th anniversary will be February 11th. So oh, cool. So a couple of days from now. That's awesome. Congratulations. That's a great career. Yeah, I mean, thank you. and how does one get started? I mean, if if I came to you and I said That's an that's uh, such an easy question okay. to answer. So, the lovely and wonderful, very talented and legend D Bradley Baker. Uh if you don't know who D Bradley Baker is, it's worth the Google. Um uh, my my favorite things he he did was in uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender, Secret Tunnel. <laughs> uh, but yeah, D has got a D's got a ton of of credits to his name, and he made a website called I Want to Be a Voice Actor dot com. It's got all the information you need to get started and and get pointed in the right direction. And if you still have questions, get a coach. Use the internet. That's what I did. Okay, just Google the crap out of stuff. Google voiceover. Google voice acting. Google how to get an audition. Google how to how to get into voice acting. Just freaking use Google. A lot of people are just like, you know what? I don't feel like typing on my phone, so I'm gonna ask you instead because I know you've got so much time in your hands that you're gonna answer all my questions. And even other people are like, hey, give me a job. Can you get me hired? Can you give me an audition? I'm like, jeez, dude, freaking do the work. Yeah. Don't just come. A, don't come a begging. Yeah. Absolutely. And so um, what made you get onto TikTok? You already have this huge resume. Like what, what attracted you to TikTok? Um, because of a, being a voice actor, I know the importance of using social media in order to promote yourself. Um, even a lot of the stuff that I do, I'm not getting any money from it, guys. And nothing. <laughs> but I try to stick to the major platforms and TikTok looked like it's going to be up and coming. And I wish I got on it a little bit sooner because I might have done it a little bit better. But once I kind of hit a stride, it really did just kind of blow up for me. So it got really big, and and it's now pushing 500,000 followers, which is was great, because um, the most I've ever had before was like 150k on YouTube at one point. Um, and then I had a viral hit in December through January on on Instagram, and I gained like f- almost 60,000 followers. So I'm up at 104,000 on Instagram because of the a video that had 25, something about 25 million views. Wow. So yeah, I mean, it's just it's just doing what I do and just putting it into into video content. So I just I have a very creative imagination. I got a, a very good sense of humor. I'm pretty good at improv, or at least I think I am. And uh, it just kind of mashed all the tools together into something, and you give me a toolbox to work with. And I'm like, okay, I, we can do this and this and this. So when um, uh, get a little shout out to uh, to Hey Johnson on on TikTok and YouTube or on TikTok and Instagram. Uh, who does the? He's a Tom Holland lookalike that does Spider-Man stuff, mm-hmm. and he was going to be at Universal Studios. That's like 20 minutes away, so I'm like, hey, let's do some collaborations. He's like, okay. I said, like, give me an hour to come up with some stuff. So I whipped up a J. Jonah Jameson outfit for my closet. 
uh, I whipped together a Green Goblin outfit with a with a Master Chief outfit from one of those 365 day a year party stores. Mm-hmm. Super cheap stuff, you know. And then down at Goodwill, got a purple jacket and just cut off the top, uh, the the hoodie part off. It was a small woman, small by the way. <laughs> and I also had at the time I had a Deadpool mask and some gloves, and I just put on a black suit with red because I'm like, you know what? It doesn't have to be perfect. It just needs to be, people know who it is. Now I have the full Deadpool suit, but that's only because I was, uh, that's only because I was able to do that PayPal thing where they, they break it up into payments. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like super cheap. So it's like, oh, only $60. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And Deadpool for 60 bucks. I'll take that. <laughs> so I, uh, I just, I was like, okay, so we got, we got multiple Spider-Man here. We've got these three characters that I'm doing. We have an elevator and we have the park. I'm like, these are my tools to play with. And I just whipped up a bunch of ideas off the top of my head. It's like, okay, so Spider-Man's taking selfies or whatever. And J. Jonah Jameson sees him. He's like, hey, give me a picture of that man. That's Spider-Man. Call the police. (laughs) And then another one we did where, you know, we were kind of making a joke on the whole masking thing. Where it's like, why don't you take off that mask? Because he's always saying, take off that mask. But he's wearing the the surgical mask from from COVID. And it's like, and because he looks like Tom Holland, he was like, that's not Peter Parker. That's Tom Holland, you know. (laughs) And then that one ended up going viral for me, too. It's got several million views right now and still going. And apparently that went viral on Facebook, which I don't have anymore. But because they own Instagram, they've been promoting the crap out of it on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So that got me a big boost as well. And then uh, I just had the idea. The one that went viral had the idea of having different Spider-Man coming out of the elevator. And the way my brain works, it's like, okay, we don't want to maximize content here. So we have an elevator. Let's redo the scene where Spider-Man's in the elevator and he's like, hey, nice suit. You know, that's kind of an awkward thing. And so we did did Deadpool and um, we did one with just Spider-Man coming up to each floor was a different character. That and each floor was worse than the one before, and the and the joke at the end was it was Deadpool at the last floor, and he's like, "I'm a huge fan. Let me into the Spider Verse." <laughs> so, um, so we in each individual floor was one video, but then you put it all together and you have a full sketch, but you get four videos out of three. So it's my brain. Con- so I make a first act, second act, and third act, and same thing with the Spider Man and Deadpool. Like first of all, Deadpool's on the elevator. He's like, "Oh hi there, how are you?" It's like, you mind if I get an autograph for the kids? He's like, I, I don't have a pen. I was like, I don't have any kids. I love you. You know, just really <laughs> awkward Deadpool stuff. And then I showed him on the, the floor with a different Spider-Man. And then the third video I put together, the one that went viral, was just him chasing them around the corner for the elevator going, wait, 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 let me be in your boy's band. <laughs> and so, but then you put them all together. And again, you have a full-fledged video out of it. So uh, that's just kind of how my brain works. And it's like, all right, so we can do that. And I try to look at the trends. I'm like, okay, well, Spider-Man's going to be big right now. I released it right at the time Spider-Man, the movie came out. I've tried to do the same thing with Multiverse of Madness. Um, whatever I can do that's kind of timed out, or if it's trending, or if it does really well. Because here's the trick about social media. Once you find something that works, keep making it. Just keep making it over and over and over and over again. Okay. And when you were a kid, so you said you got in, like you decided you wanted to do this for a living when you were in your 20s. So as a kid growing up, I you, you had mentioned you loved the Transformers, you loved all of that, but yep. was there something specific that you were like, you know what, when I grow up, I want to be this before you decided that you wanted to be in, in voice acting? Not really. I just kind of wanted, like I said, when I first heard uh, Peter Cullen's voice mm-hmm. in Voltron, I just kind of I was like, I want to be that thing, that thing that people go, whoa, what was that? That was cool. Kind of the reaction that Ryan Reynolds had in that mobile commercial. Yeah. That was real. Like before before we we were, we were you know, he railed action, it was you just talked in my normal voice. And then as soon as he flipped the camera, I turned it on. And he was just like, oh, hello. <laughs> that was that just came out of your face. You know, and it's like, that's the that's the reaction I had with Peter Cullen's voice when I was a kid. I was like, I wanted to be able to be that, you know. But I had a bucket list of things, and a lot of them have gotten checked off. It's great. I've got to be the voice of a toy. That was always a cool one. 
I got to be the voice in an animated series. I got to be a voice in an anime. I got to be voices in video games. You know, I, I've gotten to do movie trailers. I've gotten to work in movies. I've got to work on Transformers. I've got to work on some of my favorite IPs. So it's it's really cool. Yeah. A lot of them I can't talk about, unfortunately. No, and that's okay. And <laughs> Non-disclosure agreements and so on and so forth. That world is just so impressive and it's it's fascinating yeah. too. It's very interesting because I'm uh, I'll stream and talk about this and people are just like, wow, that's really cool. Yeah, and actually, <laughs> it's like, it, is it though? It's just it's just me in a hot box, just talking in a microphone, basically, or acting in a microphone. Yeah, and I actually went on one of the sets for Transformers. I can't remember if it was the first one or the second one, but um, it was when they were downtown LA and they just basically destroyed the city. And, and I right. just and you know you walk there and you're, you walk through there and you're just like, wow. Like yeah, it's it's surreal. Oh, it's it's amazing. Just the back just the back lot of Paramount was surreal. I got to see the Foley stage, yeah. and it's just like wow, that's freaking yeah, cool. so cool. And, and I mean, I really admire what you do, and I think that's that's just freaking amazing. But um, out of everybody you've worked with, has there ever been one person you were just like kind of starstruck? Like, oh my god, I cannot believe I'm working with this person. Not, I mean, well, okay, I guess I, I do have a starstruck moment. So when I went into Paramount, um. The day that I went in, Greg Delisle Griffin, or now she just goes by Greg Griffin, I guess, uh, and Steve Bloom were both there, like right there. And that's that's RC and Starscream from Transformers mm-hmm. Prime. And she was RC in the previous movies. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm sitting right there with these guys. Like, I'm in the cast with these two guys. Yeah, that's... In a Transformers movie. And, you know, and it, when they came out to do Steve's, they're like, oh, we have some additional characters to try out for. Just need the ones that you booked before. I'm like crap i'm screwed because <laughs> steve's like done it done it done it done it haven't done it done it done it, done it. so there's like two or three left for me and then i went again and there i was like would you mind if i tried for some of the other characters because i kind of kind of got my start doing transformers voices and i've had 35 years of practice so he's like oh yeah you want to try yeah absolutely and i started and he's like dude you're blowing my friggin' mind right now because <laughs> i did say he's like they sound just like the originals i was like that's one of my things so yeah, it was pretty. Yeah, awesome. that's really awesome. So what what uh, on screen stuff have you done? Uh, I did a Mitsubishi commercial. Mm-hmm. I I did a uh, Hotel dot com commercial. I did a Mint Mobile commercial, and I was in a a, a made for YouTube sitcom for a small. Didn't do so well, mm-hmm. but you know it was acting. You know, and I I don't pursue on camera stuff, but I, I I I obviously can do it if I get it. I just I don't have the patience. Like today, I had so many bookings and auditions today, I would not have had time to go to a studio and wait around for 100 people to go through that all look just like me, just so they can go, thank you for coming in. No, you don't have to finish. Thanks for coming in. Even though they said, be here at 9.30, but be 15 minutes early. Just tell me to be there at 9.15. Don't say be there at 9.30 and be there 15 minutes early. Just tell me what time to be there. You know, don't give me two different times. <laughs> just be there at this time, and that's when I'll be there, Okay. Uh, and then you get in there, and you're there, and you're 15 minutes early, and then they make you wait an hour before they actually see you, and they're supposed to be seen at 9.30, but you got there 15 minutes early. Like, what was the point of me getting there early? You're not going to get to me anyway. Yeah. And then you get in there, and you try to do the read-through, and they're like, they give you a completely different direction than what they asked for. The one Because usually what happens is the client puts it on the people who are, you know, the the, the commercial agency or whatever to, to cast the stuff, and then the client goes with them to hear the people that they picked. So I usually get the the, pe- the people that were working for the clients love me. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you got another callback. You got another callback. And they even said, like, we're going to be your on-camera agent now. I'm like, eh, I don't think I need one. Because <laughs> I'll get in there, and then for some reason, I just cannot freaking do the callback. And it's just like, they, as soon as they look at me, they're like, no, no, we want we want this. This isn't a comedy spot. I'm like, everything that you did had me do was for comedy. And now you want me to do this straight and serious and dramatic. And I'm like, that's... That's not really my thing. I mean, I could do it if I wanted to, but don't drop that on me last second and completely change everything. But that's the thing about this business. You have to be prepared for that. And in the past, I haven't been. So I just 
take the bookings as they come and I don't actively pursue it because this job takes up so much of my time. So, But I, I, I love this job. I wouldn't want to put this on hold for something that's not even a sure thing. Right. Even though I have an okay resume, you know, for starting out, it's like, eh. A lot of people look at Hollywood as, oh, that that's the cakewalk, you know, that that's so easy. Any, you know, anybody can do that. But in all reality... I hope they don't think well, that well, because it's like, it's so opposite. Well, but people do think that, you know, like they don't, they don't consider... If that was true, there would be no homeless here, exactly. folks. So many of those folks <laughs> started off with, with big dreams and I'm, I'm not no, joking. I'm, it's, they started with huge dreams and they ended up homeless mm-hmm. because it just, this town wrecked them, you know, they, they gave it everything they had, but it's, it's expensive to live Absolutely. here. And they probably went to sleep on the beach because they didn't have a place to go and just said, you know, this is just temporary to stay here for a while. And next thing you know, they're just, there's not, they don't have a home anymore. They don't have a job anymore and they get depressed and they start getting on, hooked on things. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, a lot of people have ended up that way. A lot of people. And it's sad. sad. And there's other people in this business that are barely getting by living from friend to friend's place, asking for help everywhere they can get it. And they're having trouble getting jobs. And it's different now because now there's a lot more jobs available because they're actively looking for so many people to mm-hmm. work. So it's not, it's not quite the same as it was, but when it was hard to get jobs before the pandemic, it made it really tough for people to be actors because they had to work just to keep ends meet going. I mean, there's so many different scenarios here. I mean, you got people who just completely run out of everything and they give up hope and they end up homeless and you have other people that are just struggling really, really hard. And then you have other people that are just, they're doing okay, but they don't have time to, to fully devote to the job because they have a regular scheduled job and they can't miss it for work. I mean, for, for auditions, because it's not a, you know, it makes it hard. Yeah. You know, like I said, William Shatner was a dish boy. Mm-hmm. Had to freaking do auditions during the day, worked busting tables at night. It's just, that's just how Hollywood is. It's all work and no play. And man. I think uh, Morgan Freeman was a, was a janitor, wasn't he? At a high school or I something don't remember like that. that. I don't remember that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they say it's the land of uh, opportunity, and um, there's plenty of opportunity. Absolutely. It's just really hard to cultivate those opportunity and turn those into profit. Well, and to know, at least from my experience, at least, and to know who is legit and who's going to scam you, because you know, you, yeah, that's, that's, that's hard. You know, you could choose a manager, but or you can get taken advantage exactly. of. I mean, don't even get me started on the Me Too movement, because good. Yeah, grief. absolutely. It happens so much. It's it's, and people don't want to stand up because they're afraid it's going to affect them work or they get. I've been in a situation. Don't say anything. It'll it'll give me a bad reputation. You standing up and saying that wasn't cool is you getting a bad reputation. Right. That's not that's not how the business should work. Exactly. They should be afraid to do anything. <laughs> and when you do that and you you don't want to say anything, that emboldens them to do worse. Or they worse, they think that that you wanted it or were into it and that you were cool about it and they're going to try again. Or they're going to try with somebody else and they'll go do worse next time. I mean, this stuff's got to stop. A lot of the episodes I've actually mentioned this and I want to get your opinion since you're in the business. Um, okay. I I see TikTok more as an audition tape nowadays i don't feel like it can be yeah absolutely i don't feel like it's necessarily i don't feel like you have to move to la or new york or some big city it helps but i mean like i said everything you can possibly do to get yourself out there instagram Mm -hmm. tiktok you know pokacha everything you can do myspace if it's still a thing you know whatever you know um because you never know what's going to be the thing that gets you in you know sometimes that's all it takes the m to the beats girl who knows she was going to be Ariana Grande level just from a stinking TikTok. Right. And, and she borrowed the whole face movement thing from another guy that I follow. Like she bought, she remixed somebody else's idea, made her own little song to it. And because it was popular, there you go. I mean, that's literally all it took. Yeah. And, that, and that's what I see. I mean, it's like, I see so many of these TikTokers that when I started, just like pretty much everybody else was 2020 when everything was shut down. And, I've noticed like people that I followed since they were, you know, thousand followers and now are in the millions and are landing commercials, 
You know, you see them everywhere. Yeah. You hear them on the radio. They're it, or they're getting paid by companies to promote a product yeah. for lots and lots of money. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's there. It's it's a gig economy. You never know because it's just like oh, this people gets eyes. We need to put something in their hands that can get us get us money. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a thing. It's it's tough though. It's people don't realize how much work it really is though, because there's a lot more to it than just throwing up TikToks. And and here's another thing that people don't consider: you need to be mentally prepared for what might happen if you did blow up. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I was not prepared for. Because all of a sudden people are throwing around terms like celebrity and I'm being, I'm a big name around such and such or people are, so and so is like, oh man, did you see, people, are, my agent even told me that she's had people like, hey, did you, have you seen Epic Voice Guy on Instagram? I was like, oh, I work with that. You work with John Bailey? <laughs> people didn't used to do that. And I wasn't completely mentally prepared for the level of recognition and the amount of work that I'm getting. And it's enough to make you crack. It's enough to make you fracture. You know, it's, you have to be mentally prepared for that, for that, especially if you're younger. Because good lord, for good luck, kids yeah. who get popular through, through the internet, because it can mess with, it can make you a spoiled brat, mm-hmm. it can make you into a somebody that you're not. It can money can change people, and and or just the pressure of being recognized everywhere you go and not be able to go out in public with people finally just harassing you for pictures or for whatever. You know, you I've I've, I've been very lucky not to be recognized enough where it interrupts my normal life. Because I would, if somebody notices me and they want to talk or want to do a picture or whatever, if I'm alone, that's you know I'm, I try to be cool unless I just look like garbage, <laughs> you know. But you know we ran into Gene Simmons on our freaking hike not too long ago, and I was like, my buddy's like, dude, we should say some good pictures. Like, dude, he's hiking with his dog. He's not, he doesn't want to get in a picture. Yeah. And I could tell by his attitude that he was not like whatever. In fact, he's like nice shorts. Do they make those in women's sizes or men's sizes? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, he just freaking burned you. <laughs> well, so, anyways, I just you 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 have to kind of know that that could possibly be a thing. It could be to the point where people coming at you from all different directions. I mean, you're gonna get. I ain't saying she a gold digger, right. but, you know, and you're going to get people coming to you for money or coming to you for, I mean, I still have people, like I mentioned earlier, people do, hey, can you give me an audition? Hey, can you give me, can you give me represent, what agency are you with? Can you put in a good word for me? I'm like, I don't know you. Well, it, so, yeah. And that's the other thing too. I mean, you and I, we have seen pretty much the beginning to current of what social media is. And a lot of these kids, yep. you know, they're in it, but even on YouTube, if you become a, this, this superstar on the internet it comes and goes so quick because you could be this famous YouTube star. Well, nobody knows who you are on TikTok now. Now you got to rebuild your status. And and and, and yeah. I agree with that. Like I don't think people realize that they think, oh, once I'm I have three million subscribers or whatever, I'm set. Yep. I'm good to go. I don't have to do anything. And then when, but the other thing, they the other thing I've been trying to tell people about TikTok specifically uh, is because you already have if you have any other profile where you have a decent amount of followers already, mm-hmm. you're going to be fine on TikTok mm-hmm. because people are on those other and they're like, oh, that's what happened for me. I had a fan base I didn't know was there. And as soon as they realized, like, oh, I didn't know you were on social media. I was like, well, I've been promoting myself on social media for freaking years. That's all it took was a one video that you post out there and like, oh, I know who you are. And then word gets around. And then you start putting out good content. All of a sudden people realize, oh, you're not a one-trick pony that only does movie trailer voices. You do a ton of other stuff. And you're funny. And you have content that we actually like to watch. I've had people say, your content is so good it feels like watching an actual show. I'm like that's kind of what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to to raise the bar on the level of content that I put out there. But it's it's up to the algorithm to push it out, and you got to play by the stinking rules. Yeah. You have to use the tools that they give you. You have to you know post at a certain time of day. You have to engage so much at the very beginning of of, of, of posting it. You have to go live to promote that video out so people know that you're. I mean, there's a lot a lot of moving parts, mm. a lot of a lot of gears and whistles and things to turn and crank. 
Well, and that's why I like TikTok so much because at least that's my favorite part with all these, you know, other social media platforms, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and YouTube, you have to specifically search a person to find them or at least a topic that they're talking about, which could be anything. Whereas on TikTok, you can just scroll through and find your next favorite person. You know what I mean? Without even trying. And, and that's probably why I think it's so recognizable now because, and, and really easier to gain followers than I would say, you know, Instagram or, or Facebook, because it's, it, you're one swipe away, I guess is the way I like to put it, you know? And it, and it's true because it's a new way of introducing people in, in this, uh, video app world. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm getting hot. It's warm in this booth guys. It really does. <laughs> it's like, this is a slow pressure cooker after a while to start, you'll start to seeing beads of sweat coming out of like, literally turning into venom. Everybody keeps saying, I look like Tom Hardy. So I'm just going to give them what they want. This is what you want. Is this is what you want. You want Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy's right here. We should eat Mrs. Jen. No, we're not going to eat Mrs. Jen. <laughs> well, I won't, I won't take up too much more of your time, but I do have a fast round that I like to ask. It's okay. just basic questions and, um, nothing too personal for you. So what is your favorite movie and your favorite TV show? Uh, favorite movie, Shawshank Redemption. Favorite TV show, oh, that's a tougher one. Um, right now, because <laughs> that's the only one I can say it, Arcane is freaking amazing. Okay. And what about your favorite restaurant? Uh, I, You know what? I don't really have a favorite restaurant, per se, anymore, because oh. I don't really eat out as much as I used to. But there is a little place called Millie's that mm-hmm. I like. You know, It's a local place that has this amazing salad. The rest of the food's meh, but the salad's amazing. <laughs> How about just uh, favorite kind of food? How about that? Favorite. Uh, the kind I can't have anymore. <laughs> I mean, I used to love steak and mashed. Well, uh, you know, I guess it's still mashed potatoes. I just can't. I don't eat potatoes anymore. I can't. It's just so starchy. Yeah. I lost a hundred pounds since June. Oh wow! One hundred and fifty-five pounds since my head. At, at one point, when I first started working on honest trailers, uh, I was three hundred and thirty-five pounds. I'm now down to one eighty to one eighty-five. So uh, it, that was a big, big transition for yeah. me. So uh, yeah, it's just like all the foods that I used to love. I, I still love them, but we can't be together. It's a toxic relationship. Well, congratulations. That's huge, man. I, I, Thank you. Well, it's the opposite of huge. It's smaller. <laughs> I was huge. Now I'm not. That's a huge so. accomplishment. There we go. Right, right, right. <laughs> no, that's amazing. Uh, how about your most commonly used emoji? Uh, the purple heart. It's my favorite. Favorite color, favorite emoji. Okay. And then uh, what is your favorite pastime activity? Making content has become my new hobby because I realized if I do it as a job, I'm going to hate mm-hmm. it. And it's just like, oh, I have to make another video. What I got to make today? You know, because if you don't do it right, if you don't keep stuff banked up and you have content already made and you just have tons of stuff to pick from, you're going to constantly be finding yourself like, it's almost like living paycheck to paycheck. You have to day to day. You have to get something. You have to put something out there. And if you're exhausted or sick with kidney stones and COVID like I was at Christmas, you're just like, eh. Oh, man. (laughs) Sorry, this is the minimum minimum effort. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And finally, uh, who is your favorite TikTok creator? Um, obviously me. No. <laughs> um, I guess I say my favorite TikTok creator is probably my best friend, Santana Maynard. Um, hopefully have her on your yeah. show. Uh, she makes she's extremely talented. She sings, she uh, acts, she voice acts. And she's incredibly funny. So her content, and we've collabed a lot together. She's got a lot. Of, she has many powerful friends. <laughs> <laughs> but she makes some great content. She had a video of, of a water park where the, or a park, it was a park or a water park where they had, they had an elephant. <laughs> but she goes into the elephant through the air. <laughs> Like what? Who designs these? Oh, things? I saw that. But she went in. She went in dressed as Deadpool and yes. in, in like a Deadpool swimsuit. Yeah. So that video went viral for her. So that was like one of the few TikTok videos that was did, did really well. But we've we got to meet and work, do videos with Mrs. Chen, the actual Mrs. Chen, Peggy Lou from oh, Dead from Venom. Oh, wow. 
and made a ton of cool content and uh, got into the Arcane event. And even though they didn't let us make a lot of stuff in there, but we, we've, we've done a lot of cool stuff and we got a lot more planned. We're actually going to be going to the red carpet uh, premiere of Death on the Nile with some amazing people. Foggy Knight, uh, Liz Wonder. Uh, hopefully you know who Liz oh, Wonder yeah. is because she does the amazing Gal Gadot cosplayer lookalike and she's done a, co- a ton of other cool stuff. Um, but she not, does, she hates that she just gets typecast as Gal Gadot. <laughs> she does a lot more characters than that, but she does look just like Gal Gadot normally. Um, but yeah, there's going to be a lot of cosplayers there, a lot of creators there. So yeah, we, we I, she's my favorite creator. I, I'm constantly waiting for new stuff to come out because it's always funny or entertaining or adorable. Um, and hopefully I'll get her on your show soon. Yeah, so. absolutely. I would love to have her. That's that's amazing. John, dude, I, I can't tell you how amazing you are and how humbled I was when you responded and wanted to come on the show. And you, you were just incredible. I've been following you for such a long time. So to actually meet you, it's been it's been great. And I appreciate you coming and taking your time to, to talk to me on the show, man. Well, because you call me dude, I feel forced to do dude from Free Guy. <laughs> Came here for three things. <laughs> Kick butt, DVD, insert third thing here. Catch me. <laughs> no, I really appreciate you having me yeah. on. Uh, it's been a, been a blast talking about work, and I hope hopefully this wasn't boring because I feel like my job is boring when I do it. But other people like that's, that's oh, me. it's amazing. And, and, yeah, you're incredible, John. And some would even say it's epic. <laughs> Smash that like button, subscribe, Epic Voice Guy. <laughs> yeah, and if you guys haven't seen or heard of this guy, first off, where have you where have you been? Second off, go find him on all social media platforms. Uh, well, speaking of TikTok, I just I post every single day, and I've just posted two amazing uh, collabs with the International Spider Man, who's got two and a half million followers right now, <laughs> doing some Deadpool Spider Verse stuff. So definitely go check. Yeah, that out. it's good times. Well, thank you again, man, and I hope you you know you have an amazing career and keep it up. And uh, thank you very uh, much. You're an inspiration it. to all, man. So I really appreciate Aww. it. Hard hands, <laughs> fake laugh, hiding real pain. <laughs> well, you take care, buddy. All right. Talking, right. Tick talking, tick talking with Kevin Hughes. Man, what a freaking career! How cool would that be to wake up and be like, ah, doing another commercial today, or hey, doing another movie? be pretty pretty sweet but he yeah awesome guy it was a lot of fun everything about him and what he does is so interesting at least for me just my background everything that i've always wanted to do he's pretty much done and that's pretty sweet and you know you guys always stay to the end that makes me so happy but i love you guys and as always i'm gonna always have a new guest for you and a new episode so thank you all for tuning in and we will see you next time. Bye-bye now.